So tayo pong lahat ay magsitayo. Tayo lang po'y magpasalamat sa ating Panginoon Diyos. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Aming Ama, maraming salamat po sa pagpapahintulot ninyo na ngayong araw na ito, Panginoon, ay maging, maging Panginoon madali para sa marami sa aming makaparito dahil po sa kalalagayan ng panahon. At salamat po, Panginoon, alam namin kayo po ang may hawak nito. Ngunit salamat din aming Ama, batid, batid namin o Diyos, na anuman ang kalalagayan ng panahon, kami po ipaparito para sambahin kayo sapagkat kayo po ang nagutos sa amin na kami po ay palagi ang aming Ama na magkita-kita nang sa gayon ma-encourage namin ang bawat isa, lalong-lalo na sa pagdating po, Panginoon, nalalapit na ang inyong pagbabalik. Salamat Panginoon Diyos na tunay nga pong nais nyo na manatili kaming malakas, manatili kami nag-aapoy para sa inyo. Hiningi po namin aming Panginoon na gabayan ninyo kami sa aming pong pag-aaral ngayong hapon. Turuan nyo kami, kausapin ninyo kami aming Ama, maging malayang banal mong spirito sa iyong, sa, na kumilo sa aming kalagitnaan, Panginoon Diyos. At hiningi rin namin Panginoon bilang isang katawan na tunay Panginoon kilusin, kumilos po kayo ng Panginoon ng patuloy Panginoon Diyos sa aming bansa. Salamat Panginoon sa pagpapahintulot ninyong mailantad ang mga Panginoon ng mga likong gawain sa pamahalaan at tiningin namin o Diyos na yaumpong mga guilty, yaumpong mga Panginoon Diyos na tunay na gumawa ng mga krimen ay mabigyan po ng malapatan po ng tamang hustisya aming Panginoon Diyos. Hiningi namin wag po nilang malusutan Panginoon ng batas na sa magitan lang ng technicality sa magitan Panginoon ng kalang mga katalinuhan. Ngunit Panginoon hiningi po namin na tunay na patuloy niyo pong linisin Panginoon ang aming pamahalaan. Lalo na ang hanay Panginoon ng mga nasa lehislatura, ang hanay Panginoon Diyos ng mga nasa hustisya, ang hanay Panginoon Diyos ng mga nasa sa Panginoon sa eksekutibong Panginoong bahagi ng pamalaan. Aming Ama, tutulungan niyo po ang aming Pangulo na tunay bigyan niyo siya ng talino sa kanyang pong mamumuno, Panginoon Diyos, para sa aming bayan. Ngayon din, Panginoon, sa nalalapit po at paghahanda sa eleksyon aming amang pangbarangay, dalangin din namin, Panginoon Diyos, na ito po'y maging matuwid at ito po'y maging maayos at mapayapa. Batid ninyo, Panginoon, ang mga karahasang nagaganap sa larangan po ng politikang ito. Hiningi po namin, Panginoon Diyos, na huwag niyo pong ipahintulot na magtagumpay ang kasamaan aming ama. Hiningi po namin ang katwiran ninyong mamayani po sa aming bansa. Katinihiling namin, Panginoon Diyos, ng aming mga buhay ay maging influence siya, Panginoon Diyos, sa nakararami. Salamat, Panginoon, na walang imposible sa inyo. Panginoon, nagpapasakop po kami ng lubusan sa inyo sa pagkakataw ito. Hinihingi namin, Panginoon, ang bawat bahagi ng gawain ngayong hapon ay maging papuri at pagsamba sa inyo. Maging sa aming pakikinig, yaong po mga mahihina ang katawan na madali pong makatulog habang kami nagtitipon-tipon at nakikinig ng iyong mensahe. Hiningi po namin palakasin niyo po sila. Nang sa gayon, Panginoon, hindi nila ma- mapawalan, ma- mapagwalang bahala, Panginoon, ang mensaheng nais niyo pong marinig ng bawat isa. Salamat po muli sa iyong kabutihan sa ngalan ni Kristo Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Maring tayong lahat maupo. Ayan. <clears throat> Alam po ninyo, sa atin pong pagpapatuloy, sa atin pong aralin patungkol po sa mga attributes ng Diyos. Napaka-importante ho sa buhay ho natin na yung pong Diyos na ating pinaglilingkuran ay kilala natin. No? Kaya nga ho ang Panginoon Diyos, ayaw niya din tayo na sumamba sa mga Diyos-Diyosan sapagkat alam niya na wala namang magagawa ang mga bagay na iyon. Ang nais niya ay tayo po ay sumamba sa isang kilalang Diyos. In fact, sa Acts, sabi ho ni Paul, you are, I, I noticed that you are very religious, sabi ho sa Acts 17. 
And you are even worshiping an unknown God. Isipin niyo po, sabi niya, you are worshiping in ignorance. Kaya ang just po natin, hindi ganun. Kaya sabi niya, I want all of you to know me. Sabi nga ho sa Jeremiah, let everyone boast not of their wisdom or of their wealth, but boast of their knowledge of God. Napaka-importante po kasi yung pagkakilala sa Diyos, ito po ang susi ng pagkaunawa ho sa buhay. Amen po? Kaya maraming tao ho, lito ho sa buhay kasi ho, wala ho silang pagkakilala sa Diyos. Kaya ho, maraming mga tao nung makilala ng Panginoon Diyos na ayos po ang kalang buhay. Ako po ay nagulat sapagkat kahapon nung ako po ay nagbabasa ng news, ito po ang aking pong na, napansin. Pitong habits or seven habits of smart people. Ito daw po yung naging kasanayan ng mga taong Uh, smart eh. Kasi alam niyo po yung talino, maari hong matalino academically, but not necessarily smart. Ano ho? Yung smart, ibig sabihin, marunong ho sa buhay. Okay po ba yun? Sabi mo sa katabi mo, dahil kay sa Diyos, smart ka eh. Ayan, di ba? Tingnan mo ho yung katabi mo, napaka-smarty ho, paano pumwesto para hindi mahalatang nakatulog. Pero, hindi yun ang ating tinutukoy. Ito po yung being smart in life. And honestly, when God tells us that we are to live an abundant life, He desires for us to live a meaningful life. Tama? And pagka sinabi mong meaningful life, kung ikaw po yung nasa konteksto ng John chapter 10, sabi ng Biblia, I am the good shepherd. Diba? Sabi niya, I came that they might have, that they might have life and have it in abundance. Ibig sabihin, kung gusto mong malaman, iba maraming tao, okay yan, uy, gusto ko yan, abundant life. But before you say, gusto ko yan, you, you have to ask first yourself, ano ba yung ibig sabihin ng abundant life? Diba? Kaya iba, hindi nakikita yung pagbabago sa buhay nila kasi wala naman silang batayan. Kailangan magkaroon ka ng batayan. Okay po? Kunyari, pag sinabi mo, ang Diyos ay holy, meron kang batayan. At dahil sa holy, ito tuloy ang epekto sa akin. Okay po ba yun? Ito, epekto sa buhay ko. Ganito rin ho yun. Kunyari, pag sinabi mo abundant life, what is abundant life? Alam niyo kapag inisip niyo yung tupa, how can you say that that ship really live a meaningful life? Sige nga, pag-isipan niyo mabuti. Kunyari, kung kayo ang may tupa, sabi mo, dahil kayo yung pastol, itong tupa na to lived a meaningful life. Kung yung tupa na yan, tumatahol, meaningful ang buhay niya? Hindi, di ba? Kasi, ni siya nabubuhay ayon sa kanyang design. Anong design niya? Ang design niya is to please the shepherd. Para siya maging mabuhay, kailangan mabalahibo siya and dapat productive siya. In a sense, nakakaanak siya ng madami. Tama, mali? Malusog. Tama po? Kaya ibig sabihin, ikaw ay kapakinabangan sa iyong pastol. So in other words, if you want to have a meaningful life, meaning to say, your very design gives glory and honor to God. Okay po? So ganito rin ang pagiging ibig sabihin ng smarting tao. Nagulat ako sa mga karakteristik na binigay niya. Parang naglasa sa larawan ng Christian. Okay? Ito po ang sabi niya. Unang-una, ito daw ang katangian. They set their goals. Ayan, sabi niya. Sila po ay nagtatalaga ng kanilang goal sa buhay. And alam po ninyo, sa maraming tao, Walang ka-goal-goal sa buhay. Alam niyo ba yon? 
Kaya yung buhay nila, nagkakawindang-windang, wala naman silang talagang gustong mangyari sa buhay. And that was exactly my question when I was younger. Kasi ho, sabi ko nga sa inyo, iba sa inyo, alam na ho itong kwento na to, medyo mahirap ang buhay namin nung bata kami. At sa katulayan, naging college ako, naglalakad pa rin ako papunta sa eskwelahan at pabalik. Kasi ang tatay ko'y napakatalinong tao, kaya ho, ang baon niyang binigay sa amin, eksakto lang sa papunta sa eskwelahan, walang pabalik. Type niya yung ganon? Tapos kung magbabaon kami, sabi niya, kung ano meron dyan, baonin ninyo. Eh madalas, ang meron doon, tinapay at saging. Kaya ho yung mga classmate ko, pag kumakain ng sandwich, namumula ho yan, tumutulo ho yan, namumula. Kasi hotdog yan at hamburger. Eh siyempre, eh, ikaw ang palaman mo, saging, ang puti nun. <laughs> Kaya ako naman ho, para hindi naman nakakahiya, kasi gusto mo rin naman maging in sa buhay, nilalagyan ko ng ketchup. Para pagkagat ko, tumutulo din ng pula. <laughs> Pero, total, balansi naman yung banana ketchup yon, tsaka banana sandwich, okay na rin. Ngayon, ito ho ang nakakatawang bahagi. When, nung ako'y naglalakad, tanghaling tapat, aaminin ko sa inyo, sobrang samaho ng loob ko sa Diyos. Sabi ko sa Panginoon Diyos, bakit mo ako nilikha? Bakit, bakit mo ako nilikha? Para lang ba magdusa at maghirap? Alam niyo yung bite ng Diyos. Alam ko narinig ng iba sa inyo ito. Dumaan ho yung jeep, yun ho ang naging sagot. Alam yung, sag- yung jeep, ang lakas ng sound. What am I living for if not for you? Yan, palayo na ulit eh. <laughs> Sabi ko, oo nga no. What am I really living for if not for you? That began in my life to set a goal to live for God. Kaya kapag ang buhay mo, wala hong ka-goal-goal sa buhay, I'm telling you this, you are not living a smart life. Gusto niyo malaman yung iba pa? Sa susunod na linggo. Okay? Pag-pray niyo ako dahil ako po magpipreach sa lahat ng services. Pag-pray niyo ako. Pero ngayon, dahil pinag-uusapan natin ng Holy God, meron tamang tugon para dyan. You have to set a goal. Una, why did you come here? Because you want to hear clearly what God wants you to do. Tama, mali. So if you have set your goal properly, labanan mo yan. Have a step to accomplish that goal. Paano? Huwag kang matulog. Okay ba yan? Di totoo yan. Maraming tao. Ang goal nila pumarito para matulog. Then that's your goal. God bless you. Di ba? So I pray na makatulog ka ng humsto. Di ba? Huwag lang malaglag ang ulo mo ng mabagok. Okay? Number, kaya set your goal. What do you want to achieve? What do you want to know about God? And this afternoon, ang ating talakayin is the continuation of the holiness of God. It is perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Kaya papakinggan ho natin at panoorin ang video po ni Pastor Peter nung kanang umaga. Okay po ba sa inyan? O, makinig tayong mabuti at samahan tayo ng Panginoon Diyos. God bless you. What are your phobias? Do you have any fear phobias, for example? I want to test. Fear number one, hydrophobia. What is hydrophobia? Water. I hope you're, you are not afraid to learn how to swim. What about arachnophobia? Spider. Very good. What about this one? Claustrophobia. I have a relative who will not fly in an airplane because he's afraid of the tight compartment. Very sad, but that's her fear. What about acrophobia? What is that? Height. What about anoptophobia? Oh, ladies, this is for you. 
Okay. What about this one? Gamophobia. Fear of getting married. Now, those of you who are married, this is for you. Pen terophobia. What is that? Mother-in-law. Now, I tried to look for an English word that will describe the fear of the wife. There is a word in Tagalog. It's called under desire. What are you afraid of? Do you know there is such a thing as healthy fear? There is such a thing as unhealthy fear. This morning, I want to talk to you about the fear of God. It is a very, very healthy fear. This is part of our series on holiness. God is holy, and because He is holy, how are we to relate to Him? Everybody, if you don't mind, read 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14 to 16. Everybody, as obedient children, do not be conformed in the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your behavior. It is, it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. This is written to Christians. If you look at verse 14, as obedient children. So this is for us. The Bible tells us, do not be conformed to the former lust. In other words, it is possible for a true Christian who is ignorant of God's truth to have a lifestyle that is not yet transformed. God is saying, now that you are a child of God, wake up. What must you do? Verse 15, everybody. Like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your behavior. This is a command. There is no confusion with the Bible. The Bible tells me when I come, when I come to Christ, my sins are completely forgiven. I am holy. However, there is another kind of holiness it is called practical holiness. It is about your behavior. What God has accomplished in your life, you now live it out. That is the idea. It is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Do you notice something? God does not command you to be omnipotent. God does not say, be omniscient, because I am omniscient. No. God says, be holy. Why? God is holy. When God gives you a command, He expects us to be able to do it for a simple reason. When God gives you a command, He gives you the power to do it. And that's why this verse is very important. Be holy, everybody. Be holy, for I am holy. That is what we've been discussing the past few weeks. So let's read this together. If you address as Father, the one who impartially judges according to its one's work. Conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. Notice the fear of God and holiness go together. Today, people don't understand the fear of God. What's my proof? Very simple. Look at our country. Look at us. Look at our politicians. Many of us go to church every Sunday. Many of our politicians go to a place of worship. But look at their lives. There is no fear of God. The Bible says you must understand 
the fear of God. Why? It is crucial to understanding how to live a holy life. Let's read this together, everybody. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, he is writing to Christians. What are these promises? If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 7, chapter 6, chapter 5, the promise of forgiveness. God tells us you are a new creation. All the things in the past have been taken away from you. You are a new person. But the Bible says, because you are a new person, live like a new person. So let's read this together. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, the promise of forgiveness is given. You are a child of God. It's yours. Let everybody read. Let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. What in the world does that mean? Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. This is progressive sanctification, progressive holiness. There are two kinds of holiness described in the Bible. The first one is given. When you come to Jesus, His life is given to you. All your sins have been paid for. The Bible tells us that is called positional sanctification. That's why the Bible calls you saint. Why are you called saint? Because you have been set apart for God. All our sins have been paid for. However, because you have been set apart for God, listen to me now, saints simply means set apart for God. And now you are set apart for God. You are holy. Live it out. Now that you belong to God, you practice this. Let me give you an example. When I married my wife, I was set apart for her. My wife was set apart for me. The moment my wife said yes to me, my wife is saying no to all other women, to all other men. When I said yes to my wife, you will be my wife, I said no to all other women. I am now set apart for my wife. My wife is now set apart for me. That's the idea of holiness. You are set apart. When you come to Jesus, the Bible says you are set apart for Jesus. Your past life, the worldly lifestyle that you used to live, example, immorality, lying, cheating, whatever you are doing in the past, God is saying you have now been set apart for Christ. Now, live it out. How do you live it out? That to me is the biggest challenge. Let's read this verse one more time. Therefore, everybody, having these promises, beloved, speaking to believers, what must you do? Let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh. These are the obvious behavioral sin. Immorality, drunkenness, drugs, whatever defiles your body. And the defilement of the spirit. These are sins that I cannot see, you cannot see, but God can see. For example, covetousness, jealousy, lust, hatredness. God is saying, hey guys, get rid of that. Perfecting, everybody copy me. 
perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Our biggest challenge is this. We, you and I have been brainwashed in our Philippine culture. This is the culture. Eh, tao lamang ako eh. Eh, tao lamang ako. Of course, I'm going to keep on sinning. Ladies and gentlemen, starting today, I want you to know something. You are not just tao lamang. You are not just a human being. You are a human in being indwelt by the supernatural presence of God's Spirit. Because the Spirit of God is in your life. He gives you the desire. He gives you the power to be what you cannot be in your own power. And that's why God is saying the evidence of salvation that you belong to me is you allow my supernatural life, my spirit, to dwell in your life. He will change your heart. He will change your desire. So perfecting holiness. Meaning, it is something from God it is very important, and you need to live it up. So this is the message today. Everybody, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. What does that mean, fear of God? In the Bible, the word fear has many usages. But let me just share with you what are some of the reasons why you should be holy before I explain to you the meaning of the fear of the Lord. For example, Proverbs 9, verse 10. Everybody, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me, the fear of the Lord, your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added unto you. Look at the amazing blessings of the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. Let me give you an example. Understanding the fear of the Lord. I'm reminded of the story of a young boy when he was six years old. He remembered what happened to him. His mother told him, do not open the oven. It's hot. But he smelled the mother baking cookies. How many of you have been around an oven where the cookies are being baked? Raise your hand. What do you smell? Yummy, yummy, yummy. It smells good. So this boy, smelling the cookies being baked, jumped out of his bedroom, went downstairs into the kitchen. Disobeying the mother, he opened the oven. And what did he do? He began grabbing the cookies, putting the cookies in his hand and putting it in his mouth. Except there's a problem. The cookies were under the oven, 350 degrees centigrade. It's hot. You will see the cookie melting. You see the flour melting, being cooked, being baked. But he began putting it in his mouth. When the mother heard what was happening, he ran down, she ran down, and she saw the young boy. She immediately removed all the cookies from his hand. Why? Because the boy was afflicted with a very rare sickness. It's called SIPA. What is SIPA? Chronic congenital insensitivity to pain. SIPA. Congenital. Uh, not, congen uh, not chronic. It is a, a congenital 
insensitivity to pain with anhydrosis, meaning the boy cannot feel pain. The boy cannot feel the heat. It is insensitive. When the boy is hurt playing basketball, the boy will not feel the pain. In the process, her mouth, his mouth be, began to blister because of the heat. The tongue began to blister also. The fingers began to blister. Why? Because the boy was touching something that's going to eventually destroy his tissue. If you and I do not understand the fear of the Lord, you will never appreciate the commandments of God. The commandments of God is always for our good. But when you disobey Him, you run the risk of destroying yourself. And many people today have no idea what is the fear of the Lord. Because they are like this boy, insensitive to the reality of the destructive power of sin. But this boy will sooner or later encounter a big problem. Example, when you have a problem with your knee, it, it is hurt. You keep using it. You keep jumping on it. It will come to a point where it is beyond remedy. And that to me is the danger of not understanding the fear of the Lord. Why? Because in our mind, we don't know God and we think He's out there to hurt us. So the Bible tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I have been spanked by the Lord so many times that I have prayed and asked God to teach me. I don't want to mess around with God because I know He loves me. And because He loves me, I don't want to keep on doing things that have consequences. Some of you are doing something that is wrong. Example, you are in an immoral relationship. How long will you keep on practicing immorality until you wake up to the point of realizing you are destroying yourself? Perhaps some of you are into pornography. How long will you keep on doing it until you realize it's going to eventually destroy you? That's what the Bible is saying. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It will teach you how to make choices. It will tell you what to avoid. Look at the blessing of the fear of the Lord. Let's read this. The fear of the Lord prolongs what? Life. It is true. The years of the wicked will be shortened. If you follow the Word of God, it's a healthy lifestyle. It prolongs life. Medically, this has been proven. Less worry, less anxiety, less fear equals longer life. Do you know there was a study made by the World Almanac of Facts? In that study, they were shocked to discover, not shocked, but I was not shocked, but they, were, they learned something, that the lifespan of rock stars is only around 33 years old in, in comparison with the average lifespan of that same country 
The one studied was America. The average lifespan of Americans are basically 65, 70 at that time. But the lifespan of rock stars, 33. Example, this guy, have you heard of Bon Scott? Vocalist of the ACDC group. One of his songs is, Don't Stop Me, I'm Going All the Way Down to the Highway of Hell. Well, <clears throat> he died at a young age. They found him choked by his own vomit. What about this guy? Have you heard of this guy? Kazuza. Well, Kazuza was another one of those rock star singers. He, he was bisexual. In one of his performances, he puffed out the cigarette smoke and he said, God, that's for you. He died at the age of 32. Horrible death. The Bible tells us, let's read this together, how blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. The Bible tells me, when you fear the Lord, you will love his commandments because they go together. And the Bible tells me, you'll be blessed. Look at verse 2. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The blessing of a God-fearing man goes to the children. It goes to the children's children. I have met many people whose parents are believers, whose grandparents were believers, and I look at their descendants. God-fearing people. Amazing blessing. And I have looked at many so-called Christians in name, but they are not God-fearing. Their lifestyle do not match their confession. I look at their families. It's a disaster. The children will turn against God. They are not God-fearing. You know why? The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, after discussing the sins of humanity, it ended with this particular last major sin. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Many years ago, godly people are described as God-fearing men, God-fearing women. Let me ask you, when people look at you, can they say he is God-fearing? Do you know a God-fearing man has a different lifestyle. For example, the lifestyle of an employee. Let's read this together. Employees, everybody read. In all things, obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Somebody who fears the Lord will have different behavior because he does not do it for men. He does things for God. There is no conflict between the fear of God and the love of God. You know, many people think, I'm confused. I thought we are to love God only and not fear Him. Ah, that's where you need to study the Scriptures. Let's read this one more time. Everybody? <clears throat> Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Your practical holiness. What does that mean? Well, let me share with you, there is no conflict between the fear of God and the love of God. I'll show you from the Old Testament and the New Testament. 
Let's read this together. Deuteronomy chapter 10. Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you? Everybody, please read together. Ready? Go. But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Notice, in the same verse, you and I are commanded, number one, to fear the Lord. When you fear the Lord, it's a healthy fear, you want to obey Him. On the same verse, it tells you, love God. You will obey Him, you will serve Him. For example, I have five children, many grandchildren, married to one amazing woman. My wife loves me. But she tells me, she's afraid of me. I said, what do you mean? She said, I'm afraid to displease you. I told my wife, honey, I love you so much. I'm afraid of you. She asked me, what does that mean? I don't want to do things that will displease you. Love and fear are not contradictory. In fact, as somebody once said, he who fears God the most loves him the most. Question. Do you understand the fear of God? Do you practice that in your life? If you practice that in your life, it will affect your behavior. It will change your life. You know why? Because you don't want to mess around with God. You say, Peter... Is there a conflict with the New Testament? Let me share with you the New Testament. Let's read this together. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves punishment. The one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. What does that mean? The Bible tells us there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. What does that mean? If I love God, I will obey him. When I obey Him, I have nothing to fear. If I don't obey God, I have everything to fear. I'm reminded of the story of a group of young men. They were joining the military academy. And one of them, one of, one of them had a father who told him, Son, when you go to the academy, make sure you obey those commands. For example, you are to clean your room. Make sure your bed is neat. Make sure your table is neat. Fine. Well, you know how it is when young men group together and uh, nobody is inspecting the room. Example, Monday, nobody will inspect the room. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. After a while, if nobody will inspect anything, what happens? Well, what is not inspected is not done. You remember that mantra in business, okay? You want something done? You got to inspect. This boy, this young man, is different. He keeps his room neat all the time. He keeps his bed neat all the time. He keeps his table neat all the time. And then his friends made fun of him. You are a scared boy. You are scared of the officer, don't you? What's wrong with you? Why are you afraid? Look at us. Well, one day, suddenly, there was an announcement. The officer, the commanding officer is coming to inspect the room. Guess what happened? 
They have only a few seconds to fix up everything. All of those other kids were so afraid. Why were they afraid? Because they were not ready. Their rooms were not ready. But there was young one young man who was not afraid of who was not afraid at all. He was accused of being scared, but he was not afraid. Why? His room was neat. He was prepared. When the officer came, he was ready. The officer was his father. Friends, when you love God, you obey Him. Obedience and fear are not contradictory. But many Christians today, I'm sad to announce to you, have no idea that this is a command given to us in the Bible by none other than Jesus. Are you ready? All right, let's read this together. Now, before I read that, let me tell you how the word, the fear of God is used in the Bible. Are you ready to find out how the word fear of God is used in the Bible? The word fear, both in the Hebrew language and in the Greek language. One of the meaning is this. Terror. Another meaning is dread. Both of them applies to the fear of God. The other meaning is simply translated as fear. Another word for the fear of God translated in your English Bible is reverence. Now, many people will want to use this word, but you do injustice to the whole Bible. If you just teach that the fear of God means reverence, if you just stick to the fear of God means respect, you do injustice to the Word of God if you say that the fear of God means only oh, No, no, no. All of the above means the fear of God. Are you ready for me to show you? Hopefully you will learn the importance of the fear of God leading to practical holiness. Let's begin. Jesus is a master teacher. Let's read this together. He began saying to his disciples, notice he's addressing believers, his disciples, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. You see, the Pharisees are religious people, but they are good with pretending. External holiness. Example, no drinking, no smoking, no wearing of certain clothes. They are good at the external. But in the heart, According to Jesus, they are full of what? Hypocrisy. Like many people I know today. Outwardly, we look okay. But inwardly, pride, gossip, bitterness, anger, jealousy. Verse 2, everybody. There is nothing covered up, that will not be revealed. Hidden, that will not be known. That is the context of what Jesus is going to teach them. And then, boom, he goes to this main point. Everybody, I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more than they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear the one who, after he has killed has authority 
to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. So the reality of the fear of God can only happen in your life if your eyes are open to see who God is. Our God is somebody almighty, all authority, all power. He has the ultimate power of life and death. I don't know of any greater power that you can demonstrate in this world that has the power over life and death, and not just in this life, but in the life to come. With that context in mind now, what does it mean? Authority. Listen to me. You and I have no idea about the power of God. Today, you can be the chief of the Supreme Court. You can be the justice of a court of appeal. But you are powerless against criminals for the simple reason you can issue a warrant of arrest, but nobody, you don't have the power to capture the criminal. Yes or no? He can hide. Are you praying that those people hiding will show up? Yes or no? This pork barrel, are you still praying for it? I keep praying. You cannot demand those people show up because you know why? You can only issue an order. But who will implement it? Somebody else. Now, you can be a general. You can be a man with power. But you don't have the authority to give them a sentence to go to jail. You need both power and authority. God has absolute power and authority. But the devil does not want you to know this. You know why? Because God wants you to know, not only should you learn to fear him because of who he is, he is holy. The reason why you need to fear God is not only because of who he is, he is holy. You know, I had the privilege of meeting different presidents of this country. And every time I go see the president, I make sure I have reverence, I have respect. I don't treat the position of the president lightly. Why? Because of who he is. I make sure I wear my clothes properly. I make sure I'm on time. And I make sure what I say is polite. You and I do not know who God is. You need to know him. Very simple. When you come to worship God this morning, seriously, were you prepared? People ask me, why do I wear uh, clothes that are a bit uh, formal? Very simple. I respect you. I respect God. It affects my clothing. You know why I come to worship on time? I don't think it's good to tell God, I love you, I worship you. But you go there late. It's all about your theology. I don't want you to be legalistic. Because in your heart, if you don't really know who God is, what a privilege it is to worship Him, you will not understand the fear of the Lord. But the fear of the Lord involves all of the above. From terror, dread, fear, reverence, respect. Oh, wow, who God is. It will impact your life. And the reason why we are weak Christians today our behavior is such we don't understand the fear of God. So let me explain to you, according to Jesus, what does it mean? Full authority. Remember, the holiness of God is the crowning attributes 
of who he is. Let me explain. Power can describe God's arm. Omniscience, knowing everything, can describe his eyes. He knows everything. But holiness, as one theologian will say, is the beauty of God's character. You know why? His power is holy. His love is holy. His patience is holy. Holy, the holiness of God is the apex, the crowning attributes of all of his attributes. God is holy. And because he is holy, he deserves our respect, our reverence. You need to understand the holiness of God and who he is. Let me give an example from the Old Testament the New Testament, so you will understand the fear of the Lord. For example, years ago, Aaron had two sons. He had many sons. These were the elders. Let's read this together. Nadab and Abihu. The sons of Aaron took their respective firepans. After putting fire in them, placed incense on it, offered strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. <clears throat> Aaron had two sons. The eldest was Nadam, Abihu. They were instructed by God himself. I am holy. Remember two weeks ago when I explained to you the tabernacle, how you are to approach God? Every piece of furniture is detailed described by God, how you are to approach God. And God is saying the incense, the altar of incense, don't mess around with it. Do not Put any strange fire in it. There's a prescription on how to make the incense. Because God is holy, you must treat him with holiness. But you know, these two kids, they were being presumptuous. They were thinking, huh, it's okay. Look at what happened. Fire came out from the presence of the Lord. Boom! They died on the spot. Now, if you were Aaron, what would you say? Lord, these are my kids. Why did you kill them? Would that bother you? Well, you know what God told Aaron? Let's read this. Moses said to Aaron, It is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who, came, who come near me, I will be treated as holy. And before all the people, I will be honored. Aaron, therefore, Kept silent. You know why many people are bothered with this? What kind of God is that? How come he gets angry? You do not know God is holy. You do not know God is just. You confuse the justice of God with the grace of God. I'm going to explain soon. God made it very clear to Aaron and company. Let's read this together. Everybody read. You shall not offer any strange fire on this altar or burn offering or meal offering. You shall not pour out a drink offering. It is most holy to the Lord. Aaron knew this. His sons knew this. They all knew. God is holy. Approach him properly. If you think this is just one example, I'm going to give you another one. Then I'm going to explain. Are you familiar with what happened to Uzzah when the Ark of the Covenant 
was being transferred from the house of Abinadab to the place where David wanted. Remember that story? The Ark of the Covenant? Here's the story. 2 Samuel chapter 6. They placed the Ark of God on a new cart that they might bring it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, and Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, were leading the new cart. So they were so excited. Imagine the Ark of the Covenant. In the Bible, if you read the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant is symbolic of the very presence of God. It is one of the most precious furniture. It's gold. It represents set apart. This is God representing the presence of God. And the Bible tells us they were going to transfer the Ark of the Covenant. So they were also happy. The Bible tells us David was dancing. They were shouting. They were so happy. Everybody was happy. And then something happened. When they came to the tracing floor of Nikon, Uzzah reached out toward the Ark of God. Why? He grabbed it. For the oxen nearly upset it. <clears throat> now look at me. Was Uzzah sincere? Did he do something good? Yes or no? He was trying to protect the ark from falling to the ground. And what happened? Boom! The anger of the Lord burned against Uzzah, and God struck him down there for his irreverence, and he died there by the ark of God. My goodness! This guy was doing something good. Just touching the ark. Boom! Dead. Now, if you were the father, the mother, how would you feel? Would you be angry? Well, let me tell you. David was angry. The Bible says David became angry because of the Lord's outburst against Uzzah. That place is called what? Perez Uzzah to this day. Now, before you judge God, listen to me now. God is always just. He's holy. His anger is called holy anger. His judgment is called holy judgment. Peter, what do you mean? Let me explain. What does it mean? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What does it mean? He has all authority. God is holy. David learned a hard lesson. He was angry. He began to process this, and he began to study the Bible. He discovered these guys made a big mistake. You know why? Let's read this. David, many chapters later, decided, I now learned a lesson. What was the lesson? Let's read this. David said, no one is to carry the ark of God but the Levites. For the Lord chose them to carry the ark of God and to minister to him forever. In other words, God is saying, only certain groups of people can carry the ark. And not just carry it. They are not to touch it. Let's read this together. When Aaron, in the book of Numbers, and his sons have finished covering the holy objects, they are to cover the Ark of the Covenant and all the holy objects. When the camp is to set out, remember they, the Ark of the Covenant is, por is portable. So when they move the tent, when they move the furnitures, this is what's going to happen. All the furnishings of the sanctuary, when the camp is to set out, the sons of Kohat shall come to carry them. They will not touch the holy objects and die. No one is allowed to touch the holy objects. 
You ask me, how can we carry them? Very simple. In the Ark of the Covenant, you have holes. You have this circle with holes. And you will get poles with gold. And you put the poles around the ark and you carry it. But you are not supposed to touch the ark. Why? It is the symbol of the holiness of God and we are not holy. What happened? Well, this is what happened. The Bible tells us Uzzah was presumptuous. In his mind, his hands are more holy than the earth. He was preventing the Ark of the Covenant to touch the ground. So he wanted to protect without realizing his hands is sinful hands. The earth is neutral. In his mind, I am more holy than the earth. When you come to look at us, ladies and gentlemen, we are sinful people. We don't understand the meaning of the holiness of God, the justice of God, and the grace of God. Are you ready now for me to explain? Let's say there's a student. He bucks another student. What happens to that student who bucks another student? What happened? Have you not been called to the principal office? Well, probably he will be brought to the principal's office. Detention. While in the principal office, he did the same thing. This time, he bucks the principal. What will happen to him now? Would the penalty be a bit harder? Probably. Maybe suspended. As he leaves the principal, he sees a policeman. He bucks the policeman. Now, what's the penalty? He'll probably go to jail. Now, after he is released, he heard that the president of the United States is going to visit the school. So, on the parade ground, suddenly he saw the president of the state, United States, and he began to run. He wanted to box him. What will happen to him? I won't be surprised if the Secret Service policeman will shoot him. Same offense? Boxing somebody? What's the difference? The object of the offense. You and I have this idea. The punishment <clears throat> must fit the crime. For us, justice must be such that the punishment must coincide with the crime. My friends, you are mistaken when you don't understand justice, holiness, grace. The example of Uzzah is an example of divine justice. It is not an example of mercy. It is not the example of grace. What happened to Nadab Abihu is an example of divine judgment. God is always just. When we do something and it's against Him, He has every right to judge us. Boom! 
The miracle today is I, you, we are still alive. God could easily have what? Wipe us out, wipe all of us out. You know why? And he would still be just. Because you and I have sinned against who? God. You see, as I looked in my life, I realized it's one of the greatest miracles that God has kept me alive to this day. If I look at my life, I deserve judgment. If you look at your life, you deserve judgment, ladies and gentlemen. Do not be mistaken. The case of Uzzah, the case of Nadab, is an example of divine justice. It is not an example of divine grace. God is always just. He is never unjust. He will never do anything that is unjust or injustice. But justice can be postponed. Remember, grace is different from justice. Now, most of us, you want justice. I don't want justice. I want mercy. You say, ah, Peter, that's Old Testament. Really? Let me share with you a New Testament example. Everybody, let's read this. A man by the name of Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property and kept back some of the price for himself with his wife's full knowledge, husband and wife. And bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. Ladies and gentlemen, what do you think of this couple? Are they generous? Yes or no? Are they good? They sold a piece of property. They gave it to the church. Good or bad? How come you cannot answer me? Good or bad? As of now. What's the problem? Let's find out. Who God is. Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of the land? Wow. Peter was thinking, I can deceive people. I can lie to people. I can pretend to be generous. I can be a hypocrite, and it's okay. That's what Ananias thought. Peter said, why did you do that? Let's read this together. While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? Peter is saying, nobody forced you to sell this. And after it was sold, was it not under your control? What Peter is saying is, I'm not forcing you. God is not forcing you to give. Look at me. When you give every Sunday, you are not being forced. Yes or no? It's yours. Now, why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. What does this verse mean? God is holy. When you cheat people, when you lie to men, God is saying you are basically lying to whom? To God. That is why sin is serious. You see, the problem today, our theology is messed up. It's man-centered theology. Everything you do is self-centered. You come to church to get. You and I need to be transformed, to realize God is the center of the universe. He is the creator. We are the created being. 
you and I are to worship Him, to respect Him, to love Him. He is God. All power, all authority. Don't mess around with God. When you mess around with people, you are basically messing around with God, but we don't understand this. So, what happened? Well, what happened to Ananias? Boom! Ananias heard this word. Bam! Fell down. Breath is lost. Great fear came over all who heard it. Now, three hours later, the wife came. And when the wife came, Peter asked the wife the same question. Peter said, did you sell the price this much? She said, yes. She lied to men. And Peter said, why is it you have agreed together to put the Spirit of the Lord to the test? Notice, God, Holy Spirit, Spirit of the Lord are synonymous. Why are you lying to God? Immediately she fell at his feet, breathed her last. The young men came, found her dead. They carried her, buried her beside her husband, and great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard of these things. You know, my daughter gave me permission to share her experience. My daughter, she writes blog, blogs. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. I know many of you have read her blogs. You are blessed. But there was somebody who started copying her. It's called plagiarism. And she was so tempted <clears throat> to expose this girl in her uh, blog. But because of the fear of God, she wanted to obey God. She decided, I will leave that to God. <clears throat> so in her blog, she said, I really felt bad. <clears throat> because somebody was copying my blogs. But then the Lord convicted me. The Lord said, why are you angry? The Lord told me, according to my daughter, the Lord said, all of your writings, your, all your ideas came from me. God gave her all her ideas. And now that somebody is trying to steal those ideas, they are not yours in the first place. They belong to God. So she, she wrote it down. So she said, whoever this person is, I won't expose her because she is not stealing from me. She's stealing from God. You know, that same day, that girl read her blog. And that same day, she understand she was lying against God, not just men. The fear of God impacted her life. You know what she did? She apologized to my daughter in the blog, and she said, I'm now taking off my blood completely. That, my friend, is the meaning of understanding the fear of the Lord. Ananias and Sapphira does not know the fear of God. And there are many Christians today, right now, right here among us, including myself, we need to grow to understand perfecting holiness in the fear of God. The Bible tells us what happened to that church, and great fear came over the whole church. The fear of God and the love of God is not contradictory. You are asked to learn to be God-fearing. And you and I are not God-fearing if we don't know God. 
And what's my proof we don't know God? Let me ask you. How's your life? Do you live in the presence of God? Knowing He has given us instructions and He expects us to follow them. Or are we full of excuses? The worst excuse is this. God will forgive me anyway. God will forgive me. So it's okay. I will do it. That, my friend, is an expression of not knowing the fear of God. So I'm warning you today, judgment is a certainty. The only question is, when will it come? So the Bible tells us, everybody read this. The church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace, being built up, going on in the fear of the Lord. Notice, the church is being built up, enjoying peace. And in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the fear of God and the comfort of God are not contradictory. He who fears God the most, love him the most. Look at what the Bible tells us. Look at the Apostle Paul tells us. Everybody read this. So then, my beloved, speaking to Christians, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but how much more in my absence? Everybody read. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Notice. Do not work for salvation. No, no, no. You have salvation. You already have it. Work it out. How do you work it out? Everybody? With fear and trembling. Because you cannot deceive the Lord. If you think you are a Christian, but you don't have this fear of God, something is wrong with you. You expect God to always overlook our foolishness. The holiness of God simply means He is consistent. He will always be consistent because God is holy. Unlike me, I'm inconsistent. Sometimes I change the rules. I hope not. But God is consistent. He is holy. He will do always what is right. And sin will always be judged. Don't confuse divine justice now and grace. God is not obligated to give you grace. Now that you understand what happened to Nadab, what happened to Uzzah, it is an example of divine judgment. No wonder. The Bible tells us, work out our salvation with what? Fear and trembling. Meaning, take it seriously. Don't, take up, don't make it light. I've asked a sister to share with us. Her name is Felicia. What does it mean? to take God's word seriously. Let us welcome Felicia. My name is Felicia Medalia. I am 17 years old and I am a student athlete. I was born to parents who raised my brother and me in the knowledge and love of the Lord. I personally came to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior when I was 10. This progressed to a deeper, more intimate relationship with Him when I was 13 years old. Golf is one of my passions. A big chunk of my life has been and is still devoted to this sport. I spend a lot of time on improving my golf game and my skills and in conditioning my mind and my body for competition. I play seriously and I play to win. In and around the small community of junior golfers in the Philippines, I am known as the sole golfer. Because of my admiration of Bethany Hamilton, 
the soul surfer. I play golf for my heart and soul and want to impact others as I play for God's pleasure and glory. They see my parents and me praying before and after each event. They also notice the Bible verses on my golf bag. People I have met in the various tournaments around Asia and the U.S. have asked me what these verses mean and why I have them on my bag. As a result, I have been able to share the gospel and my faith in Jesus Christ with them. Early last year, I joined one of the premier junior golf events in the country, so I wanted to play and finish well. Winning this tournament would look good on my resume and would put me on top of my age division in the junior golf rankings. After the second round of this four-day tournament, I went home disappointed with how I had played. All throughout the trip home, I thought about my game and formulated my game plan for the next round. As I was about to go to sleep that day, I looked at my scorecard and realized that there was a mistake that could and may cost my disqualification from the tournament. I recalled how my flight mate and I discussed my scores just before I signed my scorecard and turned it in. Since I was not in the right frame of mind that day, I must have mixed up the scores in two of the holes. Though my total score was not affected by the error, I knew that I had committed an infraction. The thought of disqualification broke my heart as it meant not getting a place in the top spot. However, I also knew that I could not and should not keep this to myself. No one else may know, but I knew that God knows the truth and I did not want to displease Him. I then went to my parents and told them what had happened. I was glad that my parents did not scold me for the careless mistake. Instead, they asked me to decide on the right thing to do. I called the tournament director and told him about the infraction I had committed and called the penalty on myself. I was afraid of the consequences of bringing this out in the open. The other golfers might talk about me. And they might think that I really meant to cheat but just got caught. But I knew that this was the right thing to do. I was disqualified from the tournament, but instead of getting negative feedback, I received commendations from the Junior Golf Association, and an article was written on the Inquirer Golf magazine, recognizing my act of honesty and integrity. I praised God that He guided me to do the right thing. Had I not obeyed, I would have shamed Him, especially since I was known to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. He rewarded my obedience by protecting me from negative reaction. Please pray for me as I prepare to move up to college golf in 2015. By God's grace, I have received letters of invitation and recruitment from eight NCAA Division I universities in the U.S. that are strong academically and are known for their impressive golf program and training facilities. My ultimate dream and goal is to play in the LPGA someday. Please pray for me in that regard too, because I know it will not be easy to get there. However, I know that it will, be it will not be impossible, especially if I continue to work hard, give my best, and if my Heavenly Father will be the one to take me there. As the competitor's creed says, I compete for the pleasure of my Heavenly Father, the honor of Christ, and the reputation of the Holy Spirit. All my efforts must result in His glory. To God be all the honor, glory, and praise. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you, Felicia. Let me ask you, if you are Felicia, what will you do? The score is the same. Will you report a mistake? 
knowing that you will be disqualified. What made her report? What made her do what she did? It's called the fear of the Lord. She would rather obey God than fear people. Many of you may not realize this. Felicia had three overall championship titles in the, in the Junior Golf Association of Northern California. Praise God. She's an amazing golf player. Many of you may not realize, just this year alone, she placed third in the overall Philippine Junior Amateur Championship. Number three. Not bad for a young girl. Praise God. But above all, Felicia's desire is to honor God. You see, she's home educated. That's why she could do this. She's also enrolled in the best homeschool program in the whole world. It's called CCF TMA Homeschool. Amen. Praise God. So we will pray for her. Will you pray for her that uh, her career will uh, bloom for the glory of God? That's why the Bible tells us you need to understand the fear of the Lord. You know, if you don't understand the fear of the Lord, let's read this together. If we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but the terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire which will consume the adversaries. You will never see a verse in the Bible that says, keep on sinning. No, no, no. In fact, the Bible tells you this is what you must do. Everybody read this. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken. In other words, you have the assurance of salvation of God's kingdom. Let us show gratitude that we may offer to God an acceptable worship. That's the, that's the word for worship. Service. With reverence and awe. Our God is a consuming fire. In other words, I submit to you, worship, real worship can only happen when you treat God with reverence and awe. If you don't treat God with respect, with the fear of the Lord, I'm afraid you and I might be mocking Him and not really worshiping Him. The older I get in my walk with the Lord, the more I love Him. And the more I fall in love with Him, the more I respect Him, the more I reverence Him. Why? Because it is a miracle that I'm still alive today. That God is not giving me what I deserve. He gives me what I don't deserve. He gives me grace. But I do not presume that He is obligated to give me grace. It's a gift that I appreciate. And some of us have that problem. You are living on the edge. You are testing the holiness and justice of God. I suggest you be careful. Let's close with this simple uh, reminder. Everybody, I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. Don't fear men. I warn you whom to fear. Everybody, fear the one after he has killed 
has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Today, many people make fun of hell. They say it's nothing. But can I tell you something? Let's look at the Bible. As we look at the last part of the meaning of the fear of the Lord. Let's read this. I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away. And no place was found for them. Ladies and gentlemen, the day will come when criminals cannot escape. When people who do not honor God, who make fun of God, when hypocrites cannot escape. What's the context of Revelation 20? This is the context. The judgment has begun. It will surely come. I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. Everybody. And books were opened. Another book was opened, the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. All of us will be judged. On that day, nobody can say no justice. That day is the day of justice, not grace. Grace is today. On that day, justice, judgment. And the Bible tells us death and Hades were thrown in the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Let me ask you a question. Is your name written in the book of life? You see, if you are not sure, I don't know how you can ever rest at peace. I would urge everybody in CCF to make sure that your name is written in the book of life. And to make sure your name is written in the book of life, you've got to come to the Lamb of God. You've got to come to Jesus. Because he died on the cross to pay for all of your sins. He only asks you one simple thing. Are you willing to humble yourself, repent, and come to him? If you are sincere, you repent and come to Jesus, he promised us he died on the cross for your sins. He paid for all of my sins, all of your sins, that you might have life. It's so funny, I'm reminded of this girl who was running away from the sheriff, running away from the creditors. She was a widow. Her husband died early. She had no money. She was afraid of the sheriff. She was afraid of the policemen. She was afraid of the bankers. She did not realize the pastor was knocking because the pastor asked the members to raise some money to give this girl so that her debts would be paid. But she kept hiding. So he, the pastor was knocking and knocking. The windows are locked. Everything was locked. No noise. So sad. Many of you are running away from God without realizing God is knocking. He's knocking in your heart. He's saying, I come to offer you forgiveness. I come to offer you life. But you know what we do? We run away from Him. We think He's out there to get us. Listen to me. Today is the day of grace, mercy. So don't run away from Him. And then the most amazing teaching of Jesus is the next verse. I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, no more that they can do. Remember this verse? Remember this verse? Who are you supposed to be afraid? Kill, fear Him, right? Fear Him. 
after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Then the next verse is most amazing. The next verse tells us, are not five sparrows sold for two cents? Yet not one of them is forgotten before God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. On the same verse, on the same text, God is saying, Hello, do not be afraid of me. You are more precious than sparrows. Look at the analogy. Are not five sparrows sold for two cents? They're the cheapest kind of birds. Yet not one of them is forgotten before God. God is saying, if I take care of sparrows, verse 7, indeed the very hairs of your head are all what? Numbered. God is saying, if I take care of sparrows, I take care of you. You know, I praise God. I have lots of hair. You know why? God reminds me. I know all your hair. Okay, I'm counting it. Now listen to me. God is saying, you don't have to fear him. I'm going to take care of you. And I realize to fear God or not to fear him is your choice. The Bible tells me if you fear God, you have nothing else to fear. If you don't fear God, you have everything to fear. Let me repeat. If you fear God, you don't have to fear people. You don't have to fear anything. Listen to his instruction. Dahil siya po'y banal, hindi kailanman kaya ng sino mang taong makapantay ho sa kanyang kabanalan. Hindi ho natin kakayanin. Ang problema sa kanyang kabanalan, siya rin po ay, ano, siya rin po ang hukom and he is just. Kaya ho si Kristo lang ang tanging paraan. Look at this. Ang Diyos ay banal. Tao ho tayo. Kaya kailangan ho yung Diyos na mag, nagkatawang tao ang tutulong sa atin makaabot ho sa kanyang justice. Nauunawaan po. Kaya unless Jesus Christ is in you, hindi ho tayo makakapasok sa kaharian ng Diyos. Kaya ho sabi ng Panginoon, if you fear Him, you will take His word seriously that there is no other way to be with God but through Jesus Christ. Maraming tao ho walang galang sa Diyos. Maka-Diyos sila. Pero ayaw nilang tanggapin na tanging si Jesus lang ang kaparaanan ng Diyos para ikaw at ako'y maging katanggap-tanggap sa Kanya. Naunawaan po. So it's a choice whether you will listen to God's ways or you will insist on your own way. Yun ang tanong ng Diyos. So tayo pong lahat ay umuko sandali at pumikit. Kapatid, the moment Christ comes into your life, He Himself will give you the real fear of God the real fear of His Father, where you will desire to please Him moment by moment. You know, hangad ang Diyos. It is not something that you create on your own. It is something that you realize because of God's grace. It's something that you acknowledge that you cannot do anything apart from His Son, Jesus Christ. Habang lahat po tayo'y nakayukot, nakapikit, kapatid, kung totoong may takot ka sa Diyos, magpakumbaba ka na hindi mo kaya sa sarili mong kakayanan na lumapit sa Diyos at gawin ang kanyang kalooban. Kailangan mong magpasakop kay Heso Kristo. Kung yan ang loobin ng iyong puso, 
Bakit hindi mo tanggapin ang katotohanan yan? Sabi mo, Panginoong Diyos, hindi ko po kayang magbago. Hindi ko po kayang mabuhay ng kalugod-lugod sa inyo. Kat Panginoong Diyos, tinatanggap ko ang iyong alok na pagharian ako ng iyong anak na si Jesus na siyang namatay sa krus ng kalbaryo upang patawarin ako at linisin ako sa aking lahat ng pagkakasala. At nang sa gayon, magkaroon ako ng bagong buhay na buhay na may takot sa inyo dahil kayo ang banal na Diyos. Buhay na ang hangarin at ang kalakasang gumawa ng nararapat na magbibigay kalwalatian sa inyo ay tunay na manggagaling kay Kristo Yesus habang ang aking puso, ang aking isip ay nakatuon sa Kanya ng lubusan. Panginoong Yesus, pagharian ninyo ako. Tanggapin, tinatanggap ko kayo bilang aking Panginoon at tagapagligtas at ipahintulot mo kong mabuhay ayon sa kalooban ng iyong Ama kung saan ang aking paggalang at pagsamba ay binibigay. Salamat po. Salamat po. Kapatid, maraming, kung yan ay pinanalangin mo ng taus-puso, ang Diyos ay tapat at makatotohan ang gaganapin niya ang kanyang pangako para sa iyo na ikay kanyang bibigyan ng buhay na walang gan at ang buhay na yan ay buhay na nabubuhay ayon sa kalooban ng Diyos. May I pray for everyone of you. Father God, I thank you Lord for every family we represent here. And I just pray, Father God, that we may always take you seriously every moment of our lives na sa bawat gagawin namin sa bawat adhikain namin, ay gagawin namin dahil mahal na mahal namin kayo, dahil una kayong nagmahal sa amin. At tunay Panginoon na palagi mong ilalagay sa aming puso ang paggalang sa inyo, nang sa gayon, Panginoon, ano man ang aming gawin. Panginoon Diyos ay lagi pong magbibigay parangal sa iyong pangalan at mag-aangat sa inyo samantalang kami na ibababa. Nang ang makita ng mga tao sa paligid, mga tao ay ang pagmamahal ninyo sa amin at ang katibayang kayo nga ang banal na Diyos na nabubuhay sa amin. Maraming salamat po aming ama na ang pagpapala ninyo sa mga lumalakad na may takot sa inyo ay tunay po na Panginoon ito'y igagawad ninyo para sa bawat sang tunay Panginoon nagpapasakop sa inyo. Kaya Panginoon, pagpalain ninyo ang inyong mga taong narito na tunay na pinakinggan ang iyong salita dahil sa kalang paggalang sa inyo at hiningi ko po, Panginoon, ibuhos ninyong pagpapala ng langit ng sagayon, saan man sila pumunta, ano man ang kalang gagawin, kayo ang kalang luluwalhatiin. Sa ngalan ni Jesus, Amen at Amen. God bless you all. Okay, po yung magsitayo and let's sing our last song.
Our tithe boxes are situated around the sanctuary.